Which word of the day? Today's word is depictiokinetic, adjective. Depictiokinetic is the use of magic that allows the user to cast magical spells dealing with art. Users can create, shape, and manipulate arts and the medias used to create them. The arts are a vast subdivision of culture united by their employment of the human creative impulse, including painting, sculpting, printmaking, photography, and other visual media, poetry, novels, and short stories, and the performing arts being music, dance, magic, as in like magic tricks, theater, and film. You haven't even read that? Wait, what are you doing with the book? So he has the confidence to finish the story. Hear now the words of the witches. This is Kevin, and welcome to Words of the Witches, the Charmed podcast that will guide you through the lesser-known published material in the Charmed universe and decide how it fits into the grand narrative of the TV series. Welcome again, Spellworders, to another episode of Words of the Witches. Not too much today, but I do want to acknowledge that German Comic Con happened, Alyssa Milano's first convention recently, and I had lots of friends there, some of them appeared on this podcast. Um, so I just kudos to everyone who got to go see Alyssa Milano and see all of the great things and get her autograph and get pictures with her. Um, it's such an exciting time because she was one of the rare uh, actresses that a lot of people didn't get to meet. I got to meet her in New York. And so um, I'm kind of sad that it was in Germany. I couldn't go that far. But um, it looked like a lot of fun. I'm glad people enjoyed her and I'm glad friends got to see her. That was great. Next, I did want to read out loud two new reviews we got for the podcast. They're very wonderful. Uh, the first one uh, is five stars from Wiccan Guy. It says, great podcast with great host. I am so glad I found this podcast. Kevin does a great job keeping the listener entertained and fully engaged as he goes over the books chapter by chapter. I haven't been listening for very long, but he definitely has a new follower and will share to as many people as I can. A plus, dude. Keep up the fantastic work. Oh, wonderful. Thank you for that. Shout out to Jason Luna. Um, he messaged me on Facebook and told me, too, that he actually told Holly and Brian uh, about this podcast at a con. So that's that's cool that, you know, they're starting to hear sprinklings of this show. Uh, the next review is another five-star review from 2T2Fan. It says, A whole new world of charmed fun. I've never read the books or magazines related to charmed before. Not only do I get to read and then listen to this wonderful commentary, but Kevin's deep knowledge of the show adds that extra layer of fun and enjoyment for me. It made me want to go get the books myself, and as a book reader, I have so many other books to get to. Ha ha. If you like Charmed and or were curious about the written works, give this show a listen. Thank you for that. Um, and this is just a really great review for any prospective listeners to see. I think that really gives the gist of what they would, would be getting uh, upon listening. So thank you for that, too. Oh, wonderful reviews. I love it. You guys are amazing. Thank you, Spellworders, so much. All right, so let's jump on into our episode of Picture Perfect. Here we go. So this is Words of the Witches, episode 33. <laughs> I, have, I have with me as a guest this week, Gabriel. And you are joining us from Brazil, correct? Yes, yes. I'm Brazilian. I have lived almost all my life here, except when I went to college abroad. But Brazilian, born and raised. I love that. What's your relationship with Charmed like? Like, where did the passion start? It's, uh, it's a little embarrassing, but when I was on my uh, teenage years... 
I started studying Wicca because I thought I would be a witch or something. <laughs> Me and my friends, this was like um, maybe by the end of middle school. And um, by that time, Charmed was already happening. And I remember I downloaded the pilot, not the pilot, the second episode. Okay. The, show, the one where... Um, Javna, I've got you under my skin, that one. He, he, uh, yeah, I think so. It's the one that... Um, Piper is afraid of getting into the church. I think that's mm -hmm. yes, that's so the one. I remember mm -hmm. that I downloaded it and there was no subtitle, no subtitle, and my English was not good at that time. So I had to watch it like seven or eight times to get a grasp of what's going on. Um, <laughs> watch the facial expressions, kind of get the the clues. Exactly. Yeah. The volume was so loud; it was deafening. And, <laughs> Um, but I got the story, but it was very difficult to download. I mean, um, after that, after I think five years or so, I got cable in my house because cable in Brazil is very expensive. And then I watched probably season four, five, and part of season six as it aired in Brazil. After that, I watched it when streaming came around. I think I've watched it three times except season eight because, well... <laughs> you know <laughs> everyone's least favorite season <laughs> i i am coming to, to to terms with it but it's still a, a rough spot i think yeah um and we're covering season eight right now on my other podcast um and you know it's definitely hard in at times but there are a lot of good moments in it too we can't discount the good things that are still in it and compared to other shows i think it's still a solid show even then but it just just, you know, not what we're used to in terms of Charmed. <laughs> it goes on for that long, we'll have a season that's going to be a little yeah. off. I mean, how many seasons Sabrina the Teenage Witch had? Like six? And the last yeah. one, horrible. Yeah, yeah. So It's beautiful. At least the ending of Charmed is, is very cute. I like the last episode. I think it's very Charmed, but um, the last, it's, it's my least favorite season. <laughs> so you do you teach yes right? I, yes i teach english and i teach in english so my major was in english language and literature and then i went to study international education so now i teach english and i teach international subjects in english here in brazil so like this year i'm teaching economics and business which it's a journey I love that, though, because now you're on here, an English-American podcast, talking about a book. <laughs> so it's like, it's bringing it, it back. So insane. It is so insane. If you had come, if you would travel in time and <laughs> tell in 1999 when I started studying English, like, oh, 2022, after a pandemic, um, what's going to happen is you're going to be recording a podcast because you read books in English. And the fact is that I do most of my life in English right now. All the uh, podcasts I listen to are in English. All the YouTube uh, channels I follow are in English from around the world, but all of them are in English. So Cool. Uh, cool. So I guess we'll jump into this book then. It's called Picture Perfect. And <laughs> this was written by Cameron Doki, who wrote Haunted by Desire, Truth and Consequences, and Witch Trap in the War and Witches anthology book before this and this was published september 27th 2005 which is actually two days after the season premiere of season eight 
that this came out originally. But this is not set in season eight, is it? No. The novels take about a year to write. So um, the novels are always going to be a little bit behind the show. So uh, this actually takes place in season six. Uh, they say season, uh, between season six, episode four, and Witch Duck. So the same parameters we had for last book. So Power of Three Blondes and Witch Duck is where they put this book. Am I crazy or should we have Chris in this time frame? <laughs> You're not crazy. I do have a note about that. And actually, any of the season, any of the books that take place in season six um, could have argued for Chris. But I'll talk about um, what I think about that when we get to Canonical. But yes, definitely cool. something to bring up. Yeah. And this was reprinted November 7th, 2005. But yeah, this, is, this came out when season eight was brand new airing. So this is kind of fun to know. Just a, a good contextual reference, you know. Something cool about this, this book, too, actually, this book and the last couple books, is they started having ads for, like, other Charmed media. Mm-hmm. So, like, this one in particular has, like, an uh, ad for a Charmed magazine, the official magazine that comes out, which we're going to be covering on this podcast as well, as an uh, ad for the trading cards, the new Inkworks trading cards. I think this was for connections it doesn't say which which set it is but i have all the trading card sets uh, and then it also has a uh, ad for the season one dvd which you know they celebrated uh during the 150th episode they celebrated season one coming out so i think mine is the reprint but we have the the ad for the following books and some books that have already passed okay interesting so yeah Okay. I, yeah, I always wondered if there's much difference between the original and the reprint, because I always have all the original ones, so good and to know. mine, actually, mine came from the UK. Okay, so it's a UK, UK So probably there is also this difference. Sure. How would you think that if Charmed was happening as a TV show, or if all the things were real, how would you think the show would um, tackle the pandemic and being isolated and all that? Oh, yeah, that's a tricky one. I feel like there is a, a season eight episode that kind of connects to this a little bit. Hocus Pocus, where there's that disease that's mm-hmm. going around. Um, so I think it probably would have had to do with some kind of government conspiracy stuff. They would have would have had like the government experimenting on demons or, you know, finding out about magic and keeping it secret. And then they're, they're <laughs> having some kind of trying to weaponize it, I guess, I would think, you know? So, but yeah, with, how would they fight the demons? It would be, really, be really different. Are demons, like, do they get COVID? <laughs> I don't think so. Well, I think it would be an interesting um, idea of how they would tackle that. For sure. You know, the whole world shifted, and it is, it's crazy. Maybe. So the cover, season six pictures, uh, Phoebe is in the front with her pixie cut, and then we have a recycled uh, Rose McGowan picture, same from the Warren Witches, and then we have Holly in her like sexy black outfit, even though you can't see her outfit, but I know what picture this is. <laughs> oh <my God>. uh, <laughs> so there's that one, and then it has behind them in the background like some clouds, and then all these antique frames for like paint, art, art and paintings and stuff, like all these artist frames. Uh, and then it has the tagline, the face of evil has been revealed. It's a good tagline. It's a good tagline. It definitely kind of gets you thinking. Uh, then the back of the book says, 
A face revealed and rage unleashed, old anger set upon the world. Three sisters must come together to fight, or worse, fates will surely be unfurled. Not the best rhyme I've heard, but sure. Uh, the Bay Mirror is covering the grand reopening of Mural House, a San Francisco landmark built in the 1920s, and Phoebe invites her sisters to attend. Piper's got her hands full with P3, but Paige happily takes along to see the once-famous artist colony that housed great art, passion, and scandal. Ooh. <laughs> Notab- I know. Notable for all three is the story of the building's architect, William Lancaster, who, during the construction, fell in love with an artist, a young divorcee named Isabella Marshall. Their relationship was tumultuous at best, eventually ending in tragedy and in William's disappearance. (laughs) The hoopla surrounding... I love that word, hoopla. (laughs) The hoopla surrounding Merrill House's reopening has made William and Isabella's love affair legendary. With the permission of Isabella's daughter, Lucille, Phoebe has been reprinting the couple's love letters in her column. She joins Lucille, now an elderly woman, at the gala's main event, the unveiling of a long-painted-over mural. Lucille is visibly upset when the mural is revealed. In fact, she seems horrified. Before passing out from fear, she whispers, The evil has been released. Which is a great thing to say right before you pass out. (laughs) <laughs> yes, just make it as ominous as possible. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <If> I'm guessing. <laughs> I don't know if I would use that sentence if I'm about to pass out, but oh well. <laughs> yeah, so, so prologue, it's just a poetic telling of the perspective of some being. We don't know what. It's some kind of being talking, and he's like, I'm trapped in colors. Uh, I gotta get out of here. I gotta get revenge on the people who did this to me and so it's very very kind of vague and ominous but we're like oh somebody's trapped and wants revenge ha ha <laughs> and then it goes to chapter one phoebe and Paige are decked out and ready to attend a gala for the reopening of the lancaster building which was built in the 1920s as an artist colony this was all in the back of the book <laughs> It has recently been damaged in earthquakes, but is now repaired and uh, going to reopen after the remodel, I guess, or the re... Renovation? Renovation. The beautifying of it. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, people nicknamed it the Mural House for the grand paintings on the outside. So on the outside of the building, there's just lots of other paintings and murals just to tell people that this is an artist place. You are welcome as an artiste. <laughs> And then it gets into like some really heavy exposition. <laughs> so we learn a lot. So uh, Phoebe is hoping to meet the daughter of Isabella Marshall at the event. Um, Isabella wanted to create a space for artists, and she is the one that established the mural house. But as she was doing that, she fell in love with the architect of the building, William Lancaster. He became her second husband. So her first husband, she divorced because he was kind of a jerk to her. So she left with her daughter and came here and then married this guy. But soon William became jealous that Isabella's work overshadowed his own and he tried to control her. The couple would write each other letters over their relationship before one day William disappeared without a trace. Isabella's daughter, Lucille, allowed Phoebe to publish the letters for the paper. 
I'm not sure if writing letters to one another is the best way to solve a relationship problem. Especially, especially if you are like living together already. Like, exactly. oh, I just can't. I can't tell you your face. I need to get it all out and write it. And then like, you write it, spell check it. I mean, I, maybe the person has to read it in front of you. <laughs> maybe it's just it's just the romanticized way of doing things. Like everything is so you know heightened when you put it in a letter. It's concrete evidence. You know this is this is where it gets a little weird too because um, so they're going to go to the event, but they have to give Piper a ride to the club. But before that, they also have to like get Wyatt's babysitter. <laughs> so they have to go pick up Wyatt's babysitter, and I- they have Piper and Wyatt, and then go to the t- drop her off at the P three, and then go to the event. But now that you're saying that, I think I remember the fact that they had two cars at the house. Piper had a really big mom's car. They had they had three cars. Phoebe had a car, Paige had a car, and Piper had a car. They all had their own cars at you this know point. My, my biggest pet peeve with Charmed? What? Money. The way they handle <laughs> money is truly magical. Because <laughs> I, I would much rather have some sort of explanation from... Um, like, I don't know, the elders sent us a payment so we can save the world. Or, I don't know. I mean, it's so insane. Because I, I'm like, only Piper is working. The club is doing well, but sometimes it's not, depending on what the plot of the episode sure. is. They never have a financial problem, ever. I know, it's crazy. And when they do, it's just only for, like the episode like we're you're the only one working we need to figure this out and then so but it's never a real issue and there's the one part where they um put the house as collateral because mm-hmm. because cole is being a jerk to them but there's that but still like they never have real money problems maybe the elders granted them with a money tree in the backyard that we never see you know so yeah but they they go and the thing about this too is because there's like a killer on the loose <laughs> There's also a murderer all around the San Francisco area, and they're like, oh, everyone's on a little bit on edge. But because of that, Piper decides to have the babysitter watch Wyatt at the club in her office. Which makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yes, while she's working. I, it does make sense, but it's a lot. to like. Can, I can't imagine that car ride. <laughs> Chapter 2. At the Moro house, Paige and Phoebe admired the beautiful paintings outside the building, now in full restoration. Um, the killer that was on the loose watched the Mura house from across the street. He revealed in his skills and, uh, and how police and the masses were baffled by them. He liked that the systems were full of fear, but not full enough. You're fearing, but you're still going to attend a gala because, you know, I'm not paralyzed by fear. I still have this cute dress that I want to parade around the city. So I'm afraid for my life. Yes. However, the dress is cute. So we're going with it. Yeah. So it was really strange because it's like this guy, another another vague description of this person, like watching from the bushes across the street. It's like, oh, I have plans. <laughs> Chapter three, Phoebe meets up with Lucille Marshall, which is the daughter of Isabella, who you know, who made the mural house. And she is an elderly stout woman uh, who has been generally reclusive her whole life. She kind of stayed inside and didn't really see much of the world. Uh, Lucille, having read Phoebe's column, because she's already published the letters that her mother and William wrote to each other, um, she's disappointed to realize that the problems her mother faced were still affecting women today, which I think, you know, it's those type of relationship issues, romantic issues, they're timeless and they're always going to come up. 
Yeah. Um, Phoebe agreed that it was frightening even. Lucille suddenly stood straight into Phoebe's eyes and she's like, what? She said, frightening. I hope you never need to know how much. She just got very, like, stared blankly in her eyes. I'm like, oh, well, that was interesting. <laughs> it was intense. It's an intense, it's, it's an intense moment when they meet. Yeah. She's like, why was that reaction happening? Uh, then it cuts to Maxwell Harrington the Third. Oh, he's so fancy, the Third. Uh, he's head of the Restoration Project, and he calls Lucille to the stage um, because you know she's the sole survivor of this whole family thing. Um, but she told him, "I told him not to call me because she does not like crowds and she doesn't want to go up there." But then <laughs> Lucille requests Phoebe to go up to the mic with her, so she she does go up, but she's like, "Phoebe, come with me," and that's how that one ended. When I was reading it, I was like, okay, so she's going to be the Charmed One's next best friend, as <laughs> often the innocent of the week is. Um, but I was like, it makes sense for the character of Phoebe. Phoebe yeah. is that person that makes friends for life. I don't know, waiting for her coffee or something like that. Exactly. She, she bonds with the people very easily. Even the most, like, you know, reclusive, kind of off-putting people. She'll, like, find a way to, like... Bond with them. Yeah, Lucille is is presented as very clever, full of zingers. Like she doesn't miss a beat. Oh yeah. So um, P three is bursting. People are going out just for fear of being home alone while a killer is out there. Piper goes to check on a guy who they cut off for having too many drinks. His name is Norman Jones, but they call him Mister Grizzly. He's, <laughs> He's angry drunk. Uh, being there, being there. Uh, <laughs> and then we are presented also to Gil Townsend. Townsend? Townsend, yeah. Just name. Okay. Um, who is interested in the position of manager at the P3. Um, he handles the situation very well. And mm -hmm. uh, Piper decides to hire him right away, which is how you do business apparently is the first <laughs> yeah yeah because um she notices like the rest of her staff are really impressed by him they kind of really like his vibe he is very kind of charismatic too so he's got a lot of really kind of he's he's big and strong he's got some sex appeal he got some confidence he's very nice you know so i get it um so he sits down she sits down with him and she's like yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> would Definitely. you like to yeah would you like to come be manager which is very unusual for Piper in this, which they point out later on. But the fact that they pointed out, um, and there, there is the whole scene with the discussion among the sisters on how she never does things like that and why she did it then, it makes it seem very natural that it could have happened. Right. Uh, chapter five, back at the gala, everyone makes fun of Maxwell for his pretension. So Maxwell Harrington III... Uh, Lucille doesn't like him. She's like, "What kind of person names their self after uh, names their kids after themselves?" She's like, "That's so that's so pretentious." And he's exactly like that. He's just kind of a very pompous kind of guy. Um, Paige gave him the nickname Mister Fuddy Daddy, which is pretty funny. Maxwell reveals Isabella's private studio, which no one has seen for seventy years. Lucia suddenly exclaimed in despair. She's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> Uh, Maxwell also showcases a full-body painting of William Lancaster that has been newly discovered during the Restoration. 
Lucille then yells, she's like, the evil has been released. And she calls Mark Maxwell. She's like, you idiot, you pompous, arrogant fool. And then she faints. <laughs> and then it has another like side thing where we get the perspective of this person being that we're that's very vague some kind of evil we know it's some kind of evil thing but we don't know what and, and it's like the trapped being from the prologue he feels a beautiful pain uh, he's like my release is nigh but and then the pain is proof that he's won so he's kind of like oh yes i'm getting out of here <laughs> this chapter actually has my favorite interaction between lucille and phoebe it's when phoebe asks um you don't think you're remarkable and then Lucille goes, I know I'm remarkable, and that's why I don't need people telling me that. And I was like, this bitch has it. She's so like, great. Yes. Yes. She, it was great. But this, I was like, for me, it was then I truly understood who this Lucille person was and exactly. the type of character that we, um, that the author wants us to get to know, you know. Mm-hmm. She was definitely a firecracker. She's like, your best friend, the grandma that you all want, wish you had. <laughs> yeah, the rich grandma you always wanted. Exactly. <laughs> Doesn't sound the half bad. Um, no. So in chapter six, Lucille is being kept at the hospital somewhat against her will. She's very um, strong-headed. Um, the sister discussed how Lucille said evil when she looked at the painting. They note how after Isabella painted William, she painted over it to cover it up. Piper tells Phoebe and Paige that she hired Gil Townsend, this name. They are shocked that Piper would hire someone so spur of the moment. Yeah, so Lucille's in the hospital, and yeah, they're like, oh, you hired somebody. Interesting. Uh, Chapter 7, Phoebe visits Lucille in the hospital with balloons. She comes with balloons because they're all out of flowers, which, you know. <laughs> sure. For shaped balloons for an elderly woman who passed out while screaming, the evil has been released. Not sure the best choice, but Phoebe yes. Phoebe's known for not ma- making the best choices in her life. So when it comes to buying, and the thing is, have you ever bought a bouquet of balloons or balloons to give to someone? A few, uh, nothing major, but a little bit, yeah. It's played fairly. Um, Easily, and they look saggy and sad in like five minutes. So I don't think you want to. I don't know. I would have gone for the flowers. Right, right. But this is where Phoebe prized Lucille to tell her why she was so terrified last night. And Lucille is really like not wanting to say anything. She's very hesitant. But after some give and take and some more prodding, Lucille does confide in Phoebe and tells her that there is more to her mother's story. Uh, she says Miranda Nance, which was a friend of her mother and the last artist to join the artist colony, uh, and Donovan Hawthorne, William's devoted assistant, were also key players in their history. So now we have two more people that we never knew about before. So after William was jealous of her mother for being get, getting so much praise in her art, Donovan resented that William's relationship with Isabella caused him pain. So Donovan was like his assistant. He was mad that William was so upset about not being the coolest guy in town. (laughs) And uh, so William wanted Isabella, but only the parts of her that couldn't overshadow his own accomplishments. (laughs) Basically just any given straight man. Yeah. 
Toxic masculinity. Anytime his ego is butt hurt, he has to find a way to control the woman. Ah, it's so it's so horrible. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, <laughs> uh, William wanted a completely submissive wife to possess her and control her completely. <laughs> I'm reading this. I'm just like, oh my god, oh my god. He should have married Donovan. Oh my gosh, don't... Well, I mean, we'll talk about that, because seriously. Uh, <laughs> Donovan, who was most certainly in love with William, <laughs> turned to the dark arts in order to make William's wish come true. So yeah, I in my mind, Donovan is a gay guy that's just in love with William. Probably. probably. It's the only possible explanation. I mean, I have very good friends, dear friends that I love very much. I have never turned to the dark arts in order to help them, uh, especially um, help them being abusive in a relationship. So maybe, maybe he was in love slash obsessed with Yes, him. yes. So, yeah, I'm going to have, I have some theories about that, which I'll talk about at the end too, because questions. <laughs> I have questions. Yes. Um, in chapter eight, we're presented to Miranda, which is the other key player, she had traveled the world and she was studying arts and magical practices. So she would oppose to William's demeanor with Isabella. Uh, um, after time, Isabella would get intense headaches and would appear to be fighting for her own mind. Isabella had an important commission for a painting that William opposed and destroyed it while under his control. Miranda told a young Lucille that since William was using magic unjustly, that they would use magic to counter it. Um, we read a letter Isabella wrote to William about their faltering love on August 23rd, 1931. I, when I was reading this chapter, I was like, what a great idea. Um, I'm going to talk to this kid who is, I don't know, 10 max, <laughs> about how he, uh, how her um, step stepfather, I, I guess, is using dark magic to control her mother. And that's going to be fine, right? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, chapter 9. At P3, Phoebe fills her sisters in on the rest of the story. Okay, so yeah, this is continuing the story that Lucille was telling Phoebe. So there's a lot of exposition throughout this. Are oh, you getting naked on me? Oh, I love it. Okay. <laughs> Miranda and Lucille told Isabella what was happening. So this is back in the back in the back in the back in the past. <laughs> uh, so back then, Miranda her friend, uh, and Lucille, as a little girl, this is when she was a child, they tell Isabella that they've been doing some magic on you. Be be aware. Um, so Isabella then stopped fighting William completely like in, about their relationship because she's acting like she's, I'm going to be the subservient wife to you. I'll do whatever you say during the day. And then at nighttime, she would sneak off and paint his portrait. Because as long as she was like playing along, he would have less reason to use magic on her at all. So that was her kind of way around it. Of all the things uh, she could have been doing, sneaking out at night, she was just painting a picture of him. Yeah, right. For reasons. I, I just love you so much. I'm going to paint she a picture could of have you. Played that way. She, she didn't have, she, I think she could have said like, I'm, I'm going to paint a picture of you because we're so beautiful. I love you so right. much. Right. Yeah. That would have been easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, when the portrait was finished, Miranda cast a spell that bound William's essence to it. So now we know what that was for. There was some kind of spell that put him in the painting. This is interesting, though, because while his like essence, I guess his soul was in the painting, William's body remained. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, it aged, but it aged um, slower. So slower. 
because 70 so, years we see in the end of the book how it is it seems like it aged but it's a very dark thing yeah I right. guess they would have gotten away with that on uh, the TV show like so this body, exactly but when I was reading this chapter I don't know about you but I was reading this chapter I kind of knew what was going on more or less because if you watched charm there is an episode on season two where they're trapped inside the painting but mm-hmm. I was like good so I I just I would like um, some of the characters maybe to have mentioned it because it's something you don't forget about. Maybe they could have made a scene where, um, I don't know, Piper and Phoebe were telling Paige about that because she was not there for it. And then it would yeah. tied it more uh, closely to the TV show. Yeah, it would have made sense that they would have brought that up. Like, hey, this is just like this. Do you remember, like, do you remember that curse painting? You know, just bring it up because it's that would have been... the type of thing you forgot, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I actually have one. I have that Chris painting in my collection. That's so, <laughs> so, yeah, so William's body remained, but it would age over time. But it was hidden. So they hid the body. And then wherever they hid it, sometime after, it was stolen by Donovan. So now Donovan has the body of William. I wonder what he was doing with it. Mm. <laughs> there, is there is a name for it. <laughs> necrophilia what anyway pretty sure that's how he yeah that's how he that's how he coped i was like i'll get married in public and then i'll go over to my body friend over here and have some fun the body the the soulless body of my lover at night (laughs) haven't we all you know So Gil suddenly rushes into P3 and tells Piper that there has been another murder. Norman Jones, the drunk Mr. Grizzly guy from before that he kind of diffused, was the victim. So he's been killed now. So now we know that your P3 patron was killed after he was here. So gasp. At this point, did you start being suspicious of Gil and what his... Um, storyline would be yeah oh yeah i'm just like how convenient because one thing that is very different from the books at least from this book and the others i've heard um from the tv shows that in the tv show sometimes you have the a line and the b the, uh, the a story and the b story right they merge somehow or not at all um uh, but in the book it's everything is just one story so at this point i was like mm, something fishy about you but also maybe just a story that um, Piper can be involved in. Exactly. And the thing about these two, because sometimes narratives, stories, and shows, they try to lead you off. They try to make you think things that might not happen. So it's like, I was like, which way will this go? You know? <laughs> cool. Always be suspicious of the very good looking, very professional white man that pops in your life and solves all your problems. It's yeah. probably a setup. <laughs> Chapter 10, we have Daryl. Hot Daryl coming to P3 as part of the murder investigation. Daryl and Piper discuss how the killer take trophies, body parts of his victims. So far, eyes, tongue, nose, ears, and our hands were all taken. And then she connects that with the senses. And also, all of the victims were physically strong, which mm. makes me scared for my life. <laughs> I, I know. I mean. Here in Milwaukee, we had um, Jeffrey Dahmer. Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer is from Milwaukee, and he would, you know, lure people to his apartment to say, I'm going to, will you model for me? 
I'm like, that could have been me if I was old enough at the time. It's scary. That, that could be if I was, like, if it was happening today. And do you know how I know about Jeffrey Dahmer? How? Kesha. She has a song called Cannibal, and then she, I'll pull, uh, she, say, she says something like, I'll pull uh, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. And I was like, who is this person she's mentioning? And then I went to research and I was like, oh, nice. I got that under our belt. Yay. Hey. Uh, um, but yeah, so head and shoulders, knees and toes, they're all taken. When I'm, no, it's the senses. So, which is crazy. But I kept thinking like, is he going to steal someone's penis? I just, I kept thinking that. What sense? <laughs> I know, maybe that was just me, but I'm like, oh, he's taking body parts. Oh. <laughs> because, well, it's it's weird. It's uh, It reminisces of uh, the silence of the lambs, kind of. It's uh, something yeah. that he would like, remake the body or, or something, make a new body, a Frankenstein kind of body to put the soul back or whatever. It's very Krito, very Krito, where they dug up the bodies and stitched them together to summon him. Yeah. So I was thinking, like, do they need to get every piece of the body and put it together and like, make a little own little mannequin? But it's all the senses, so we know that now. And then um, we have a mentioning of Prudence, Miss Prue. Yes, Prue! Oh. Which is oh, I always like when they mention Prue. I always like it. I, it's I always, great. I, I I often wonder what would have happened to Charmed if um, she hadn't left, because I think that by season four or season five they would have had a character like Paige to freshen the show up, right? Um, much like they did with um, season eight. Um, and also, what would have happened if? During that moment, um, actually, Phoebe was written out of the story. I mean, no, I've I've seen there's there's art and stuff like that. There's fan made things like that, and some people would have preferred Phoebe leave. I've seen a lot of fans that would have that wanted Phoebe to go instead, or maybe it would have been cool to see if they all survived and then Paige comes along too. Like, yeah. what do we do? How is this power of three work now? I'm but, a Paige bitch, so she, yeah, she does no wrong in my eyes. Um, <laughs> But I think that um, people often say, oh, if if Phoebe was written out of the show, it would have been a better show. But they don't know that, so it's easy to make that assumption. But if you are a long-term, a long-term Charmed fan, you know that there is the first three seasons and then the other seasons. So it's the Charmed with Prue and Charmed with Paige. And it's a very different show. Even the way they, they shoot the, the TV show changed between season three mm-hmm. and four. I think the show would have gotten much, much darker and even a little more sexual. Because by oh, the end of season three, Shannon, she was hot. And <laughs> she was making sure the writers would write scenes that she could look banging. Because she has the most incredible scenes on season three. I was... I was so I sad know. when she died. Oh my god! I mean, season three is so good, and it's, it's especially a good season for Prue. Oh my gosh, she is hot. She's she's wonderful. She's she's confident. I loved her hair. How long her length of hair in that season? Like, yeah, she's great. But we, I can rant all day on that. Um, but yeah, there was an awkward scene because Piper mentions Prue, and Gil's like, "Oh, when do I get to meet her?" And then it's like, "Oh." <laughs> Like that was so awkward. It was sad, but I was like, "Oh, I couldn't imagine." <laughs> um, Gil reveals that he was close to his father and that his mother was never around. Um, mm-hmm. And we are given a letter by William to Isabella, which is just sugar-coated misogyny. <laughs> and I, being someone who studied literature, 
Look at me playing that card. Uh, <laughs> it's very interesting to see that they put this letter right right after Gilles talks about his relationship or lack of thereof with women right. and how he doesn't trust. So it's already a hint of what's to come. Yeah, the letter was very strange because it's always like, Isabella, if you really loved me, you would do what I say. It's like, real. oh, hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. How do you think that's okay? I don't know, but sure. It was the 1920s. <laughs> Maybe. However, I don't think voicing that would sound very good to a woman who is an artist, no. very accomplished, very rich. So, yeah. If you say, if you love me, you're going to do whatever I say, I'm going to be like, no. I'm like, bitch. I have <laughs> like, done it before. I would do it again. Uh, there are other ways to convince me to do things you want to do. <laughs> Yeah, uh, chapter 11. Okay. So, Paige and Phoebe find Miranda Nance in the Book of Shadows. So, this lady that was well-traveled and she would study the the magic of other cultures is actually in the book. Uh-huh. And it was written by an anonymous Warren witch who met Miranda at a gallery opening. So, who would you... Th- we say it's anonymous, but who was alive at that time? So, it had to be Baxter or Bowen, probably, who would have met her. Uh, maybe Granny. Gr- who? Gramps. Gramps? Well, she, she would have been a kid. So I forget what, yeah, I forget what year. It would, yeah, it would have been her mother that would have been around. Because this, this was like early 1930s. So a little bit after the 1920s that we saw, it would have been a couple years after. So Russell would have been dead. But would it kill uh, people to sign? Like, this is my addition. This is my potion. I would do it. I would yeah. do it. Yeah. Miranda was not a witch, just well-studied. Phoebe cast a spell to find the entrapment spell that Miranda used back then to curse William. So let's see if we can find that spell she used. Where they cast a spell to find a spell. I don't like that. It just seems messy to me. I think it's used too often. Like, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? I I lost my credit card today. If I had magical powers, I would have not looked for it for one second. If I was praised, I would be like, if I were praised, I would be like, mm, credit card, and then... <laughs> well, yeah, that that I would do. But I think... I don't know. I feel like you could have flipped to the Book of Shadows and found it. <laughs> they, 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 she just wants to show her powers because she has so few of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah. Which I because think it, about that, about the lack of powers that Phoebe has. I okay. Think the casting... Because Alyssa Milano, she was, even though she was very famous as a kid, she has a musical career that if you haven't watched it on YouTube. Japan, I, I know. suggest you. It's amazing for all oh, the rock But she And then she did some softcore kind of movies. And then she did Charmed. And I think because she was the, in my perception, Shannon was the, uh, the best nun of the bunch. But she was a very second, a very, a very second um, in terms of how famous she was. She was gorgeous. She's, she, she still is. And I think that the character, if she was gorgeous and very nice and very powerful, it wouldn't make sense with the show. Mm. So they find this entrapment spell that Miranda used. Then they meet up with Piper and they tell her that Miranda's spell has Egyptian origins. Uh, and like Osiris's body was scattered after his death and brought back together by Isis, this spell must do the same. So they have to bring his body back, or like collect pieces of his body to 
put together. Uh, so they believe William's mind was freed and it's killing and consuming body parts to regenerate his body. And this point is where I got confused. Cause I'm like, how can a aimless mind thing kill people? I don't understand. And then they, but they do mention, they, they question that in the next chapter. So I was like, okay, good. Yeah. At least they don't understand it either. <laughs> At this time we are moving um, like momentum further than the middle of the book. By this time, I was like, there is someone helping the killer, which is what Paige wonders in chapter 12. Yeah. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, is it Gil? Is it not Gil? Am I being played by the author? If it's not him, what is his point in the story? What, what is his storyline? He's just there to give Piper some free time to engage in the, the rest of the... Right, and then also chapter twelve, Phoebe discovers uh, online that Miranda was found dead with her tongue and hands removed, and all of her artwork was destroyed. Mm. Very sad. Donovan? Uh, question mark? Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. But Donovan goes on a messy kind of destruction path after <laughs> yeah. of his alleged lover. Um, <laughs> And then uh, the sisters think Lucille is likely in danger and that there must be a regeneration spell that William plans to use. And um, there is a very Voldemort kind of... Um, <laughs> Voldemort kind of writing. That part was just like... In my mind, it was like a guess he had, you know? Yeah. And saying that this, per that this person is exhausted and that he is determined to do what he thinks needs to be done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, what, you know, another mysterious, vague description of somebody. There we go. <laughs> uh, chapter 13, Phoebe asks Lucille to stay at the manor to protect her. And at first she's like, I don't want to go to your house, but then... <laughs> Lucille jumps at the chance now to go. She's like, you didn't tell me I would be bait. Let's go. <laughs> so when she finds out that she's essentially going to be bait for William, she's like, yes, I'm all in. Oh, uh, can I die? Great. Right. Right. You know, let's do it. I've been reclusive far too long. I need some action in my life. <laughs> or maybe she was just tired of living in fear. She was like, right. can I die? Exactly. I'm old. I'm exactly. Uh, Lucille admits that witnessing what William had done to her mother made her afraid to see the world or start a family. So yeah, she's like, I'm, n I'm not holding back anymore. I'm not going to live in fear anymore. Um, so then the family welcomes her as their guest, And, you know, she's a great guest and she loves Wyatt like crazy. So I don't love Wyatt. I still can wrap my head around why is it a boy? I'm very <laughs> cramped like um, But anyway, and I love Chris. I had a huge crush Chris when I was younger, when I was watching the TV show for the first time, I was like, oh, he's so dreamy. <laughs> so, you know? Okay. <laughs> um, then Piper and Gil chat at the P3 about the merits of rolling with the punches versus making a decision and seeing it through. Piper sends Gil to handle a customer's argument over a table. This chapter is basically to tell us that Gil is great, he's saving everything, and that Piper is tired. Yeah, there you go. It was a very quick, easy chapter. Uh, chapter 15, Phoebe and Paige perform a scrying spell with printed copies of William's painting because they don't have anything that's actually from William or anything that he owned or anything. So like, let's print a picture of his portrait and say a spell with scrying and hope that it works. <laughs> I think they've done that before in the TV show, though. Scrying with an object of a person. 
Well, that's what they're supposed to do, yeah. Because, yeah, this one was a little bit different because they didn't have an actual object. They just kind of have something that represents him instead, which is why they couldn't just scry. They had to say the spell with it. But do you think that um, it, it's okay? Yeah, I'm not, I don't mind that because I think if if they just scried with it, I would have called shenanigans. But because they did a spell to you know, co- overcompensate for that and to amplify it, I, it makes sense to me. And that's the beauty of the book. They have time to make a spell to explain why there is crime. Because if it was a TV show, it would be like yeah. crying here with the pictures printed. Or you wouldn't even see what they're using, just the crystal dangling mm-hmm. around. Yeah. Uh, the spell pinpointed the mural house. So like, oh, it's there. Oh, uh, Then it cuts to a man feeling power. <laughs> I feel so powerful. He drinks a red liquid and wants more. What could I, this red liquid be? Oh, if it was me, it would be wine. This is <laughs> a lot of it resonates with me. I'm feeling powerful. I'm I'm drinking wine, and then I want more power and more wine. So I mean, I'm all for that. Sure. <laughs> uh, in chapter sixteen, there's sixteen. Oh, together. All right. Um, chapter 16, Lucille answers the manor door to find Tara, but stranger danger compelled her to ask for his badge. <laughs> to ask him to wait outside, like, far away from the house, which I think is great. Uh, it's so great. And it makes sense with this story. I mean, Daryl would be the person who would be like, okay, okay I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so she leaves him at the porch, locks the door, which I think is the first time this door has ever been locked. Um, <laughs> the sisters, which is very, it's a very adorable, it's a very uh, grandmother kind of thing to do. Right. It's great. I mean, she's so on it. Like, she's like, I don't know this person. Let me confirm to make sure he is who he says he is. And, you know, so it's really a wonderful moment for her. I love it. Um, Dara says there's been another murder. A neighbor found blood pooling out um, under an apartment door. A woman's throat slashed ear mm. to ear. Um, and he, even, at, this, at this point, there, there is something in the book that says um, it was almost as if they wanted to detach her head. And I was yeah. like, is it? Maybe, maybe, new face? Not sure. Um, <laughs> Then they narrow down which regeneration spell William is planning, leaving the only thing left to get is the heart of his enemy, Lucille. Daryl is disgusted to learn that William is to eat the still-beating heart of Lucille in that case. I I like this part. I'm not sure it would have made to television. No. And I've been looking... There's a lot of books. I mean, this is the first one you read, but there are a lot of books that are... Definitely more graphic than we, we would have seen on the show. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is some like CSI crazy stuff. <laughs> very much like um, you are, if you take out the magical part of everything, it's pretty much a, a novel of mystery. It's, yeah. For me, it was reminiscent of um, Agatha Christie in a way, because yeah. you already know the characters. And when you read a lot of Agatha Christie, you know the characters already. So for me, it was a very similar experience. For sure. Um, so Daryl is um, disgusted, but I don't think he's really disgusted because he's seen worse. No, but he's just like gross. Like he's really going to eat someone's heart. Like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, chapter 17 Piper and Lucille decide to scope out a grocery store for the killer. Like, this grocery store 
is right next to the mural house. So maybe he has to go and do like normal civilian things to stay alive. <laughs> like let's let's go to the grocery store. <laughs> part of this story make little sense to me. I, I yeah, mean, it was it was a little odd. It's like yeah, if he's around, he has to get like toiletries and and groceries. I'm like, all right, sure. <laughs> but lo and behold, the killer is there, and he notices Lucille. He's like, oh. When you left the hospital, I lost track of you, but now I found you again. Ha ha, I got you now. And then he starts singing Amazing Grace. Because <laughs> why not? Because he's crazy. He's like, I once was lost, but now I am found. And then the checkout girl's like, oh, you're singing Amazing Grace. You have a beautiful voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she's, he's like, oh, thanks. <laughs> that, that's pretty much that chapter. <laughs> I This chapter, I mean, it's a filter. <laughs> I, it, it makes no sense in the rest of the story. It's just so I think it's just so the killer notices Lucille, but yeah, do we have to go through right. that and then yeah, so, this kind of thing? It was weird. <laughs> right. um, on chapter 18, 18, Paige researched Donovan and discovered he was married. His wife died in childbirth, and then he and his son disappeared. Phoebe at work. Uh, read an essay. It's let's use this word loosely. Yeah. Um, read an ask Phoebe letter from a woman that could relate to Isabella's letter. Her boyfriend had been acting similarly, so acting almost in a possessed manner. Yeah. Phoebe gives Paige the woman's address and ask uh, to ask more questions. Uh, Gil calls Piper and says that an old man slipped outside of P three and is threatening to sue the club. Piper, Lucille, and Wyatt head out to take care of it. I, when I was reading this chapter, I really, at this point, I was like, is there going to be anything about this person who wrote to Phoebe? Or is it just the same trip to the grocery store kind of <laughs> yeah. stalling? Um, and pretty much it was just there to be there. It was, it was, I think it was there to throw us off maybe a little bit, or maybe, I don't know. It was a bust though. Nothing, not important at all. Chapter 19. This is the, this is the doozy of a chapter. This is the big showdown chapter. Uh, so Phoebe's coworker got excited when she learned that a man decided to take his wife's last name because his, I guess this coworker, she's the one that's in charge of writing the obituaries and she's in charge of writing the wedding announcements in the paper. So she's like, Oh my gosh, like how cute is this? The husband is taking the wife's last name. Isn't that so sweet? And Phoebe had an aha moment just there. She's like realizing that that's probably how Donovan hid in plain sight. He took, he married and then took the wife's last name. <gasps> how shady, how scandalous. I would like to elegance. I don't think Phoebe is that smart. <laughs> Piper and Lucille go to the club to appease the old man that wants to sue the club. So he's inside and the. Old man is just kind of being very belligerent and he's very angry. Um, and but she, Piper's Piper has ever pipered in this book. <laughs> I really saw Mary uh, uh, because it was so amazing. She was like, I'm going to tell Gil to uh, turn on the lights because it's time to show this person who's the boss. Yes. Very, very much Piper from season mid season four until exactly. season Exactly. Because. Yeah, because she's like, why are the lights off? She's like, I don't like, I told him not to turn them on because I don't like the lights. They hurt my eyes. Like, screw you. We're turning on the lights. I need to see your face. <laughs> like, okay. So she tells him to turn on the lights. All right, cool. This is where it's like, this, 
mm, okay. So the lights are coming on slowly, one by one, you know, breaker by breaker. And you slowly start to see the man being revealed. And it's like, what was wrong with you anyway? He's like, I was betrayed by a treacherous woman. And then the light comes on to him and it soon reveals that his body is like in flux. So it's like, sometimes he's handsome. Sometimes he's like decrepit. It's like a mixture of the two. Very crazy. And then we know that this is William Lancaster. This is his body. This is his spirit. Gasp galore. This gasp that you wrote here is very RuPaul's Drag Race for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gagging. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Garland season six. Gasp. But yeah, it was it was a very like ooh, it was a very creepy moment just because of the I just imagined it. It's like I hear the light, you hear the breakers, you hear the, see the lights slowly come on, and he just like gets very cynical and very like threatening. Like <gasps> I got goosebumps. His whole plan for us. Yes. So now we cut back to Phoebe uh, on the phone with Paige, and she tells Paige that both Donovan. And his son took the names of their wives, who then mysteriously disappeared. So they married somebody and then killed them or something. And Donovan Hawthorne's grandson took the name of Townsend. So it's Gil. <gasps> Double gasp. <gasp> oh, man. <laughs> and, and I totally saw this coming. I knew that she was going to say, but I still got goosebumps, <laughs> which is crazy. Like, I knew it was happening, but I'm just like, I think just the way it was, like, was revealed, I'm just like, <gasps> ah. I, was just, I was just very, very, very happy to, to be right. I love being right. It's one of my hobbies. Yeah. Um, like, I saw this. Look at me. I win. Mm, yeah, yeah. But it, it's, a, it's a common thing in detective novels that... You lead your reader with you until the very end when you give the reader some clues, but the reader should discover it before the characters in the book. Right, right. So this is basically what's happening here, but I was very pleasantly surprised to be right. Yeah, love it. <laughs> so back at the club, Piper is confronted by William, but then blindsided by Gil. She's like, Gil, get him. He's crazy. But Gil's like, that's not going to happen, Piper. And she's like, what? So, so she's like blindsided by this. She's like, oh my gosh. So she's got a crazy old man in front of her. She's got Gil behind her. Uh, so Piper is like, tells Lucille. She's like, Lucille, take Wyatt. I'm going to freeze this scene. But when she goes to see Lucille, she finds that Lucille is like spasming. Her fingers are tight. Her body is shaking. Her mouth is opening and closing. So they have control of her mind, pretty much. They're infiltrating her mind terrifying stuff. I'm like, oh. So she can't get her hands free to freeze anything. Lucille's freaking out. It's like a mess. Okay. So, (laughs) Gil gloats that Lucille won't be able to help her. Gil ties Piper and Lucille up with, with, okay, so Lucille is holding Wyatt um, and they're tied together and then she has Piper tied in another chair. Um, but now Lucille has her mind free once again because now that she's tied up, he doesn't have to be controlling her. So she's like back to normal. Now that you're saying, what about why it's shield? I know. Why isn't the force filled up? It, it, What's up with that? It didn't occur to me when I was reading because I was so involved. Invested, yeah. But when you were describing this scene, I was like, something should have happened here. Should have had right. the force field. Maybe they're still in this moment where they're trying not to expose magic to Lucille, which I have a whole thing about that too. But... It seems, but Wyatt is a kid. He he would do his powers instinctively. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's just a little odd, but you're right. So they're tied up. Lucille has her mind once again. She calls William a monster. Gil believes that it's his life work to assist William. So Donovan had a son. That son had a son. And they are all obsessed with assisting William and doing whatever he wants. They're just raised to have that love. <laughs> that that gay love for William. <laughs> Not just love. There was a little bit of a fetish there. Fetish, obsession, yeah. insanity, you know, whatever it is. It's crazy. I think it's a little bit of all of that. Yes. <laughs> so... William is angry now, spouting that if Isabella truly loved him, she would have given him what he wanted. I'm like, fuck that shit, bitch. Like, no. Like, I hate you, dude. I hate you. I out after that. Because when I was reading, William is angry, spouting that if Isabella truly loved him, she would have given him what he wanted. My mind goes straight to anal. I bet <laughs> I mean, maybe that would have fixed everything. It does. Sometimes it's all we need. <laughs> uh, it's the same thing I have when I when I listen to um, Adele when she sings. Um, I bet she gave you things that I didn't give to. I was like, hey, you know, she's mm-hmm. talking yeah. about it. I got it. Yep, I I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> so Phoebe and Paige arrive at P three to help the situation. They know it's up. They come to save Piper. Paige orbs Lucille and Wyatt out. Like, you get out of here, we'll have we'll fight the fight. Uh, but since Paige had to leave to go orb them, it's just Piper and Phoebe left. Uh, William and Gil are frustrated. She, he's like, ah, we needed her heart. Now they've ruined our plans. So Gil grabs an athame and comes after Piper, believing that the heart of a friend of his enemy would suffice just enough for the spell. So it's like, you're friends with my enemy, your heart will do just fine. Got it. I think it would have worked. I think it would have because a friend of your enemy essentially makes them your enemy too. So I think in, you know, in that sense. But I think that Piper is more Gil's enemy than William's enemy. That, that's true. That's true. Maybe it wouldn't work. It maybe it wouldn't have worked. Then they would have. But he has to kill her either way. Either way. You know, Phoebe intervenes and attacks Gil head to head. Um, and, of course, he, she insults his male ego to egg him on. Like, come after me, you know, pretty boy, whatever. <laughs> so they, they're fighting. Uh, Paige orbs back and unties Piper. William trips Phoebe with his wheelchair, giving Gil an opening to stab her. So this is, like, all things after another. There's an there's intense battle happening here. <laughs> so now Gil's going to, like, stab Phoebe. She's on the floor. He's going to get her. Piper freezes the scene. Just in time. I love that you. The, your hand gesture was exactly the same of freezing. <laughs> so, yeah. And so the sisters then recite a spell that summons... a. Yeah, they kind of get in the middle. They join hands. They recite a spell. And it summons like this ball of light. And this is like a manifestation of their own minds. Their combined consciousness in the middle of the room. The light moves over to William then and starts to like come over his face. So Piper then unfreezes William just as the light enters him and William tries to fight the mental takeover. So pretty much they're going to take over his mind the way that he was taking over Isabella's mind. It's like, <laughs> so poetic it's, justice. It's very, it's, it's similar to the plan that um, Isabella's had with the other woman. I forgot her name. Miranda. Yeah. To use the same technique, but reversed. 
Yeah, exactly. So they kind of took that that practice. Um, so with the sister's consciousness taking over William, he's going a little bit crazy. The sisters do continue chanting. They they say another like another add on to their spell, but Sister William began to spasm around the room, and then he eventually moves himself into the path of Gil's Athame. Piper unfreezes Gil, who then stabs William in the heart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ta-da. So William's dying, and Gil's like, Christ, like, what have I done? And William's just like, I feel at peace. And then he dies. <laughs> um, Does he feel at peace? I don't know. He was very angry like five seconds ago. This book, it tries to make you feel like he William was just corrupted by the dark arts and he's really a nice guy but i'm gonna get into that too yeah, so a little bit of a redemption <laughs> moment a little redemption i'm at peace now thanks for killing me yeah and so the last chapter everything is being solved we just have like the would be the very last scene of the episode people will still walk into the moral house and note that the portrait of william does feel at peace now and in retrospect now her mother and miranda are too Gil has become almost catatonic now, feeling he has no purpose, because he doesn't. He says his sole purpose was to do that, and he failed. Um, <laughs> Silva vows to keep the sisters secret and decides that she wants to finally see the world and travel. I do think this chapter has something very nice, because the, at this point, Lucio has been exposed to magic. She has seen shit she, that she can't understand or explain. Yeah. Even though she already knew it existed, it's one thing to know it exists, and you know, a very completely different other thing to have experienced it. Yes. And, but she says something like to Phoebe along the lines of, I, you don't have to explain because I don't want to understand. I'm grateful right. your secret is safe with me, and now I'm going to spend all my money traveling and seeing the places I had only seen through pictures. So, yeah, the end. And I think about, like, Gil's just, like, crazy. It's so weird that he was raised to be so in service of this person, and without it, he's just less. I feel like it was almost like maybe Dark Arts was used of them, too, to compel them to do this. Who knows? Yeah. But crazy. So overall thoughts. What are your final thoughts on the, the story? I loved it. I loved it. I think it is a very nice story. There are some moments that are... A little off if you think about the show but there are lots of other moments that are very much true to the characters and the story and all this reality that Charmed has created over the seasons uh, the way um, Piper kills them like putting them against each other has been done before um, so I liked it I liked it very much yeah I thought this was a really good story. It's quite interesting throughout. You know, I did have a problem with the way um, information was re relayed a little bit in the early chapters. It was a little too exposition heavy. Yes. Um, I thought that they would probably it would have been better if they like showed us instead of just telling us everything. <laughs> I was sad. There was no subtext in this book. It's all text. No. There is no subtext. It was all just like here's what happened. I'm going to tell you point blank what happened. So I was like, oh, I I was a little. Uh, annoyed at how that was related. I thought the ending was like my favorite climax of, I think pretty much any of the books so far. It was a really good climax um, because it was like haunting, 
and it was full of like this payback and it was very satisfying, <laughs> you know? So I like the poetic justice in, the, in me was really happy with it. Uh, and a lot of witchcraft. It's not just yes. magic. It's a lot of witchcraft. Exactly. A lot of these books are just like, we're going to say a spell and they're vanquished. Mm-hmm. And this did not have that. It, it spun it on its head a little bit and had a, you know, a creative conclusion. It was very descriptive in the way the ball of light was created and how everything is mm-hmm. done. It was very nice because it doesn't clash with what we see in the TV show. It just um, adds an extra layer of delicious. Right. If you like right. um, witchcraft and dark arts and, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it was kind of refreshing, too, that the antagonists, they weren't demons. They weren't warlocks. They were just people that got involved in dark magic. They were just involved with it, but they weren't, they were, they were human. Yeah. I love that. Which is, yeah, that's kind of cool. And for me, my, my favorite episodes of Charmed, they are usually not when they are saving the world, but just among them. It's a situation or that the girls have gotten into, or not like, let's save the whole entire world, but more (laughs) like this kind of situation, like that they got involved more or less by accident, and then they have to solve it. These are my favorite charm stories. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I'm going to get going into the exposition again because it went over like the course of three chapters, just telling you stuff. Um, I think we could have had like flashback scenes. We could, we could have even had premonitions of just showing you stuff. She didn't um, have any premonition, right? She could have, yeah, she could have had a flashback of, of the past and seen. What hap- What kind of happened instead of just being relayed the story? But I would have liked that more. We had a premonition right before or when Lucille faints when she sees mm-hmm. the picture. Exactly. She had one when she touches her um, in the hospital. Yeah, exactly. And then it wouldn't have that very long dialogue. Exactly. Um, I thought having the Isabella William letters was really clever. I did like those because even that, that filled us in on a lot of what the exposition they just told us. They could have just had those letters in there. We would have figured stuff out. It is old magic to eat people who have the traits you're looking to have because, yeah, he was trying to take their body parts to get stronger and, you know, kill strong people to have that strong energy. And And this this is something that people actually did, not just for Yeah. But like people believed that when they conquered a nation, they would kill the warriors and eat them just to, they thought it would give them power. It would give them protein, but not necessarily power. <laughs> yeah, cults, ancient civilizations, and crazies have been doing that for years, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so I put, why doesn't Phoebe tell the seal she's a witch, like before this? Because she's always, she's going on, she's like, I can't tell you. And she's trying to beat around the bush. I'm like, she's old. She's aware of some kind of magic with her mother. You know, it's kind of ridiculous how adamantly she was keeping it away from, keeping it from her. I just think she didn't say because it didn't need to be said. Yeah. It's kind of understood, so it was better not to touch that. I guess. I guess so. Um, Piper is noted to be the best scryer, which made me laugh. Because I'm like... How hard is it to scry, really? <laughs> and I don't remember seeing Piper's cry a lot. I see Paige crying a lot because she doesn't have a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Piper's cried, but it's like, how would you be any better at it than somebody else? All you do is wave it around. Stronger. It's all tied to her powers. Maybe. Maybe that's what it is. I think that going, circling back to 
prudence. If prudence is still there at this point, it would be very interesting to see because Piper is so strong as a witch and Prue was already so strong and she, and Prue was focused, like laser focused. So yeah. she would have become like this powerhouse of a witch. And I think the, 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 the tone of the stories would have been even stronger. Yeah. Those italicized like villain moments, those like soliloquies of the bad guys. I was, I found them a little bit confusing. I mean, now knowing the story, I could go back and tell who it was, but I think it was a mixture of William and Gill, and I was always confused who was talking, who was who. I think it was both of them. Yeah, I think it was both too. Yeah, but I was just like, at what moment exactly was William's mind freed? When did he reconnect with his body? When did he start consuming body parts? I'm just not clear the timeline of when all that happened. I would have liked to have more context. I think what I grasped from it was that because of the beating heart, probably he would still have to eat the body parts while it was hot and yes. warm and lush and delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it would be quite uh, right after the murder. Yeah. And then okay. the body part would regenerate. Um, and I have here the book notes that William was not an evil man, just easily corruptible. Easily no. corruptible. But I say screw that. He's an asshole. Like even before he did the dark arts, the fact that he wanted to control his wife, you're an asshole. Point blank. I'm sorry. <laughs> and you got what you deserved in the end. Exactly. So cool. That's all I have for my general thoughts. Now we're getting to put that in my canonical hat. Canonical. This is the segment where we take the story and determine what is and what is not true to the narrative of the show and if this could legitimately be an episode. So, yeah, when I when I started reading the book, I put uh, the episode that comes right after the Three Blonde Witches one because I don't like that episode a whole lot. Okay. Um, to see where the TV show was because also in this season, oh, Paige looks so <laughs> uh, I love Ginger Page and I love short hair Phoebe. Um, so I, I popped this, the TV show and it was crazy. And I was like, but well, there is no crazy in the book. So this was for me the first thing that really ruffled my feathers. I was like, oh, <laughs> there is a situation here that we need to attend. Was it a problem for you? See, for me, because I said this story could have easily taken pretty much anywhere in early season six. There wasn't a lot of descriptors that would put it somewhere specifically of course you know you could say if it's early season six that chris would be there um so like where is chris if the same with the last book you can say where is chris but really because his existence doesn't have any bearing on the plot of what's happening sure i didn't see it as a huge problem with the canon i mean because he could be around or he could just be like on some other mission or something or who knows what his things were just because he wasn't Integral to this story, I didn't see it as a major problem. I the, the storyline it's very confusing to me to this day because I get a feeling whenever I watch the first episodes he appeared that the the writers put him there, but they didn't fully realize what the story would be, and then they were like, "Oh, so this is going to be the sun." You know, I I have this distinct feeling that when he arrived they didn't have fully realized the story of the character. It was just an, a new character to fashion the show and make it more budget-friendly. Oh, definitely. I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, because, yeah, and because they were making him 
kind of very morally ambiguous, you know, killing Valkyries and, you know, doing all this shady stuff like, hmm, like, are you good or bad? And I think maybe are they, were they trying to make him Wyatt, like, from the future, who was evil, you know, and then they, things had to shift when, you know, they found out Holly was pregnant for real and, you know, all that stuff. So, so I think that was the thing that for me, this, uh, it, it, it seemed a little disjointed with the whole Charmed um, timeline. But maybe if it was placed before the appearance of Chris, it would make perfect sense. Right, right. I think you're going to have more facts because you are more uh, <laughs> I have some thought. I have some things. Um, that you have about Leo, and because I think he should have been an elder by now. Leo should have been an elder, yes. Um, that's in there. Leo was only mentioned in this story. He was no key player in the story at all. Which is um, fine by me. I'm not a Leo fan. Yeah. I, you know, and you're not the only one. There's a lot of people that don't like Leo. I, I know. It's fine. <laughs> um, so let's see. I put, because they call Piper's car the family vehicle. <laughs> and why are Phoebe and Paige carpooling with Piper and babysitters before their event, when both of them have cars, Phoebe has a car, Paige has a car. They don't need to be taking Piper's car everywhere. They're, they're looking out for the environment. Yes. You know, saving that gas money that they do. <laughs> Money's tight, you know. The elders are not coming in with the checks. So. Yes. Um, in this story, they do mention Andy, but they say that he was Prue's fiance, which is not true. They were not, they were only lovers. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Yeah, there was no proposal. No, they were never married. They were never engaged. Do you so. think that um, Andy's departure of the show was really because of the fighting between the actor and actress? Or do you think it was a um, plot solution? Because it makes a lot of sense in the story. Yeah, I mean, I know he asked to leave. I don't know all the ins and outs. I don't know if there was having conflict. And I've heard rumors about that, but... Um, I don't I, know that. I love for the behind the scene drama. I <laughs> love it. For me, it's like it just adds an extra layer of um, entertainment. And I know it's <laughs> or whatever, but it's, it's another layer of entertainment for my my life. Okay, you know, <laughs> I I that's I think you know that's typical of people these days. You know, that's why they watch all the reality shows. <laughs> One thing that struck me when I was uh, talking to you right now, is what would yeah. we do if this was set today? Because we have the new Charmed, which we have lots of ideas from the plot that are reused. Um, but if if it was today, probably Phoebe would be a YouTuber answering oh, yeah. with problems. And he would still make... And then it would make sense that she had tons of money to spare. Exactly. She was. She would be the the popular YouTuber. Like, like, hey guys, I'm here today to give you give you my advice of the week. Yeah, <laughs> like, and she was uh, gorgeous, which makes sense for YouTube. And yeah. Be like, don't forget to like or subscribe. Exactly. Like, next week, I'm going to be doing a makeup tutorial just for fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> follow this tutorial while I give you advice on her life. And exactly. Advice are very common place. She'd be she'd be hella popular on YouTube. <laughs> she would. She would be, I think so. I I this is a skit waiting to happen. Call me. Yes. Call me. I mean, think. I mean, think of how popular Alyssa is on TikTok already. You know. I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. 
Oh, yeah. See, it makes sense. It would have been a great addition to this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this one doesn't bother me so much, but I, I'll note it just to note it because they say Daryl was just um, a detective when he was really promoted to l- lieutenant in Itumami Tambien in season five. He was promoted by now. <laughs> scary. <laughs> but yeah, that's I don't get too perturbed by that. As long as he's working on the for the police, that's fine. <laughs> okay, that's all I got then. Um, I would have loved this as an episode. I think you know, just include some acted out flashback scenes, maybe, or the premonition we talked about, uh, and give context a little bit more. But as a whole, the story would be good. You know, I got goosebumps. I really loved it. I thought it was thrilling. I thought it would have been a great, you know, a very Ghostbusters two energy kind of story. <laughs> mm-hmm. It would have some adaptations would have been made to be less graphic, but I think it would be a one episode fine, a great episode. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, now we'll get into rhyme time. Should we try a spell? Why not? Let's try a spell. In the wind, I send this rhyme. Bring death before me, before my time. You've really got to lay off the rhyming group. Wonderful, witty, but wordy. I did the rhyme. So the first spell is to find Miranda Nance's entrapment spell. So this is the one they use to make the Book of Shadows reveal Miranda's spell. Ancient ancestors, magic warriors, aid me in my time of trial. Reveal your secret, share your knowledge, show me Miranda Nance's show me Miranda Nance's spell. Doesn't rhyme. Doesn't really rhyme, does it? Doesn't rhyme. It's not there's some really strong wordage, but it's not very it doesn't have flow the right flow to it i because i i remember i do not was charmed or if it was some of it was sabrina but there is a show where they say that the spells have to rhyme uh to work and they paint it back to shakespeare i think it is in sabrina they say that's why shakespeare wrote like that it was like oh, that's <laughs> clever that's clever uh-huh yeah mm. <laughs> so yeah i don't love it next is crying spell um so, it's a long thing for you. <laughs> it was a, a, a very long spell. There was like the four elements combined with the four directions, a map, a gold chain, two photos linked to the target. And then you place the four candles on each direction of the map. The map, light them in order, north, south, east, and west, and chant the following. It's like I'm teaching people. So this is how you do it. You want to find someone. Exactly. You want to call them. Just want to stalk them. <laughs> um, north, south, east, west. Aid me now in this, my quest. What I seek, reveal to me. As I will, so mote it be. Do you think I would have been successful? I mean, it rhymes. And, it's, <laughs> it's a, and it doesn't like sound too awkward. I kind of like it. I like it. I think it's nice. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's a little, um, it goes back to me for the craft. This whole yeah. thing. Fun fact, in Brazil, when Charmed came, um, they gave it the same name they gave to the movie, The Craft, because The Craft oh, really? came Young Witches, if you direct translate. So the name of the movie is Young Witches. And oh. when Charmed was um, telecast here, they named it Young Witches to go with the flow of the movie. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there is the second part. Uh, cast earth over the map, blow it to the edges of the map, then place a photo in a bowl of water, light the second fo- photo on the edges with four candles in the same order, 
once finished, chant the following. Earth, air, water, fire. Call to me. Earth, air, water, fire. Call to me my one desire. Evil hides its face, yet I would see where it lies revealed to me. Then you... And you find yeah, it. Exactly. Then you scry. Yeah, I mean, it works. I, like, I think I like the first part a little bit better, but this is still a good extension of it. But I like that you have the whole ritual. It's not yes. just so, yeah. Right. I'll try tomorrow. Exactly. Okay, so I guess uh, we'll do the next one is the mind control spell. This was the power of... Th- I'll do both parts since they're kind of the same. Cool. Uh, so there's a power of three spell, and it says, Powers of balance, powers of light, help us now to make things right. Join our minds in harmony. Let all bear the strength of three. That's nice. Mm-hmm. See, it's it's four four bars, four lines with a nice rhyme. Perfect. And then once that was called, ball of light called, and then they used a spell to amplify it, to strengthen it. And it says, power of balance, pure of strong, help us now to right a wrong. Vanquish evil, set goodness free, as we will, so mote it be. You know, and the, see, the person who wrote, Cameron Doki, she knows what works for spells. Just keep it simple. Keep it, you know, four well, lines. Go back to... Yeah, don't be crazy. <laughs> um, I have a question for you, actually. Yes. Okay. It would have beca- if you we would produce that as an episode. Who would you have cast as Lucille? <gasps> oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Who is super cool and old and awesome? <laughs> I don't know. Do you have anybody in mind? I'm trying to think now. I, I, in the beginning, whenever there is an old woman on a book, I either go to a TV host from Brazil called Abby, or okay. I will go to uh, Betty White. But in this case, I don't know her name, but do you remember Everybody Loves Raymond? Oh, yes, the mother. What's her name? I don't know. Her. Doris, Doris Roberts, I think? I have no idea, but... I think it's Doris Roberts. I'll call her agent, so I think I would I would uh, I would use her as um, Lucille and as Gil. I would use um, Adam. What's his last name from the Star Wars movies? Uh, Adam Drive Drive. Uh, yes. Solo <laughs> Adam. Do you know who who it is? Is he the? Driver, is it? Is Adam Driver. Adam Driver, yes. Okay. It is the House of Gucci. Ah, okay, okay. I think yeah. I know. Yeah, because he's tall and black mm-hmm. hair and mysterious and. And what's great, I think, I think of like, the three faces of Phoebe when they summon the old Phoebe. I feel like old Phoebe would be a lot like Lucille too. Yeah. Yeah. There's the same because they have the same vibe. Yeah, that just that firecracker. Like they're not afraid. They're gonna do what they want to do. They don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I always like to to imagine how I would cast or recast yeah. TV shows, books, movies, whatever. Awesome. Uh, so the next thing is best baddie rankings. Best baddie. <laughs> Uh, so this is where we kind of rank the 
baddies we have so far in the books. This is only the second book in the set, so we have very few in the grand scheme. I have five. No, yeah, I have five. Sure. So right now, Shax is number one. He's the, he won, he's been winning the the competition so far, so he's number one. Number two, I have Gil. Um, because I think he was very clever to like infiltrate, and he made you kind of you know he you, he fed you his charm. He wasn't like Stefan, who was just really creepy. He was actually like a really good. He was not kinda, creepy whatsoever. No, he really you really bought him and ate him up, and I'm like ooh, and then I probably would have fallen from his act and died. Right, and then and the, you know the the crazy thing too is he was actually the serial killer. He was the guy person killing all these people. Oh, like it's terrifying! It's terrifying. So I have him as number two, and for a human, that's pretty impressive. Uh, then for number three, I had Sinjin from the last book, The Queen's Curse. Then I had William as number four, because he still was a complete asshole jerk who was creepy, creepy old man. <laughs> a great description for him. Yes, um, and then I have the last one is Queen Ramona as number five. She's my bottom at the moment so i think they ranked pretty high pretty well so far yeah yeah i i as a villain william for me is a little weak yeah he didn't do much he let gil do all the dirty work yeah but gil is fine yeah all right so that's that the next thing is our 10 things segment so what is our level of confidence in this plan? 10, 10, 10. Well, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being we whoop ass, 1 being he laughs at us while we're on fire and naked, maybe you should like Here's 10 things. Um, and for this one, we I had you kind of pick your favorite pictures. Uh, you asked me if you can use Book of Shadows pictures. I said, sure, that's fine. Um, and but my, so you have five pictures, I have five pictures, and we'll just tell our favorite pictures from the series. Do you want to start? <laughs> sure. Uh, mine, I actually just used photographs because there's so many different photographs. So I used just like pictures that were in there. If I did the Book of Shadows, I would be like sitting here all day. I'm like, what's my favorite? I don't know. So, um, so my number five, I put uh, Leo with Wyatt and Chris, the one where he's reading them the story that's in the last episode. Where they're kind of going, I'm like, that's a really. I just love seeing Leo being a dad and being cute. <laughs> so, it's, it's, uh, it's fair. It's far. It's it's fair. We have been following him for eight years to have that moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's my number five. What's yours? Um, I didn't put them in order. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. You can just pick ones. But when you told me about the five pictures, obviously the first page that came to my mind. Um, was the picture of the three sisters in the first three seasons, the picture that moves in the opening. So yes. this is very the most iconic. iconic. Um, and then you have the whole episode telling the story about how this picture was taken. So for me, it was, um, I mean, I love that picture. I think it's great. Yes, that... it, uh, you can see the, um, the chemistry between the three sisters and the three actresses at that point. Because if you see the unaired pilot with the other Phoebe, there is not a lot of chemistry there. Not at all. Yeah, the way she delivered her lines was just awkward. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't believe her. You know, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, love. I mean, you can't. That has to be on the list. So yeah. of course. Uh, my number four. I have the Piper Leo wedding photo. <laughs> I love that. I put that picture as well. 
Yes, I love it. I and it's over there. I have it. I showed it to I showed it to Brent. Let me see if you can see it. Where is it? Uh, I'll grab it. You have a lot of memorabilia. I do have a lot. <laughs> and I love that you have the book of shadows. <laughs> so there. Oh, that's so nice. It's framed. Yeah, and the frame is just like the one on the show, too. Yeah, it's a very... Oh, it's She, she looks so beautiful this episode. I love I love this episode. It's so chaotic. Yes, yes. So that I had that on there, too, just because it's just... It looks so happy, and it's really nice, and it's an iconic picture. We have this one, too. Ooh! Oh, that's so nice. I know. So nice. <laughs> I hate Alisa's hair in the first season, though. <laughs> you know, especially in the pre-wished episode, it's just a really goofy wig, yeah. you know. No, okay. Me, mama. <laughs> yeah. Is it me again? Yes. Or is it you? Okay. Because we have the uh, same thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Then I have the um, Piper, Phoebe Page picture of the, it's a, this is from forever charms 2 where they're just sitting on the couch the one of them sitting on the couch and they're smiley they all look super beautiful in it i really like that one a lot too i think it's a good one yeah um i put the um the painting from episode three season two the one that they are trapped inside of it yes just because that's one of my favorite episodes ever I love, oh, yeah. I love how it seems like they're trapped in South Bowser's castle in America. <laughs> it is totally Bowser's castle. <laughs> you got the fireballs, you got the blades. Oh my god, I love it. It's a painting of a house, but I mean, it's, it does it for me. When we're done recording, I'll show you the painting because I have to pull it out, but I do have the painting here too. Um, cool. <laughs> I have, for my number two, I have uh, the That 70s episode Polaroid that they took with little Prue and little Piper and Patty. That's mm-hmm. a good one. The next one for me, it is um, from the book of shadows because as it may be difficult for you to choose a, um, um, <laughs> favorite? one, I would have to go with Balthazar. I think it's the page that is shown the most in the entirety of this season. Like and it is. And then, comes to the pictures because which is my next choice my, my next choice would be the series of pictures of Cole and Phoebe that she then put in the book of shadow to show his human form. Yeah the photo booth pictures. And yeah. Those are my I, I don't I love the, that arc. I I don't love Cole. I don't think it's a good relationship. But I'm also not the hugest fan of Phoebe. But I think that arc was very interesting and very human like. Nice. Oh, I love that. Um, cool. And then my number one is the one you mentioned, the the one from the Southern Wicca and Pre-Witched, uh, you know, the one of the three of them moving together. I mean, how could you not? How could you? <laughs> how could you? And I, I think it's um, weird in a way that when they um, started season four, they didn't make a similar picture or that a picture like that doesn't appear in the opening credits they didn't know Paige, so they didn't take a picture with her yet, I guess. But <laughs> it, would, it would have been a cool parallel. Yeah. Even if it was not uh, like something that actually happened in the show. Yeah. Because probably they would have a picture of the three of them in the house. They have lots of, of picture frames. In, do you have lots of picture frames 
from your family or just charmed? <laughs> You're funny. Um, I do have some of my family, but not in this room. They're all in the living room and in the bedroom and stuff. But yeah. I don't have, this I have one picture of me because I'm self-centered. And that's <laughs> I was given, because I, you know, I do modeling and stuff too. I was given uh, a whole like giant painting of me. I, I kind of actually fits with this actually. It's a digital painting of me as Cyclops from X-Men. In my, in my movie suit, and I'm in an alleyway, and I'm shooting my object blast, and my friend actually painted it, and he sent me this giant, like, print of it. It's insane. So I'm like, and I did have that in my living room when I lived in my own apartment. So like, is that you? I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, the, the gag of people don't get, but you will get it, is that the only picture I have is of me, as I said, but as a kid, I was like eight or, I don't know, seven, and in my mind is the picture RuPaul would be like, hey, what would you say to eight-year-old Gabriel? <laughs> like, toughen up, bitch. <laughs> yes. That would be my message. <laughs> All right, cool. So the final thing we have before we go is tips for future white letters. I was out being a force of good in the universe. Which is the moral of the story. What do you think we learned to this book? I was listening to the um, the podcast about the previous book, and there is a yeah. clear message there, uh, a lesson to be learned. I'm not sure if there is a clear me- uh, a clear message that they want to pass with this book, some goody tissue stuff. I don't see that. Um, what I learned is that you, um, if you are a misogynist, you're probably going to die and have to eat body parts to um, be reborn stronger. But there you go. (laughs) Don't try to control your partner. Let them be and love them for who they are and love them for how they are and for their imperfections more than for what they have. Love them for what they're lacking and don't try to control them because the moment you try to control someone, for my personal experience, this person is going to become someone else who is not the person you have originally fallen in love with. So just don't try. Beautiful. So you give advice to that person. I'm going to give advice to the other person in the relationship. I'm going to flip, flip, flip on the coin. Right. Never, comp- never compromise your own individuality for someone else. <laughs> your, your, your interest, passions, opinions, and personality are important and beautiful and should never be squandered. So there you go. We took, we got it from both sides. In your career, <laughs> because I, I still am baffled by the amount of people who gave their careers up in this day and age for relationships or don't yeah the middle ground or but don't don't give up your career for someone exactly cool well we did it thank you for joining me this was amazing you're thank super you fun super sexy super fun to watch while i'm while we're recording with your beautiful chest <laughs> um. <laughs> before recording i was a little nervous because i have never recorded a podcast before um but i mean it's a Great subject, and you're a great guy. You're a great host. I have a lot of fun listening to your podcasts, um, both from the um, Hanging with the Hallowells and this one. Oh, good. Oh, thank you. That's awesome. I was trying to realize how I found you online. Mm. And I think it was because of um, Brunch with the Hallowells, and then I think maybe Spotify... um, Like suggested? Yes, exactly. And then... Hanging with the hairs because what I do, 
not kidding, is I watched the episode and then I listened to both podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> And it's cool because sometimes they notice things that we don't and we notice things that they don't. I'm glad. I thank you for listening. That's awesome. Where can people find you on the social medias? Where can they see your sexy? Um, you can see me shirtless on Instagram at Alaueta, A-L-A-U-E-T-A, which is a made-up word. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, we're all about makeup words, made-up words, you know, so... Uh, yeah, uh, you can follow this podcast at Words of the Witches everywhere, except for Twitter. That's Words of Witches. <laughs> you can email us at wordsofwitchespod at gmail.com if you feel so inclined or DM us, fine. Uh, and then you can follow my other podcast, Hanging with the Hallowells. We do have a brand new podcast now, too. I've, I'm doing three podcasts at the moment. Uh, we have an X-Men one called Solving for X about the animated series of X-Men. So that's starting, too. So that's what we got. I guess we'll see you in two weeks for the next book. Your destiny still awaits.